So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit, you have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you gotta compete. Welcome to Thin Air. I'm doing my thistle, my nizzle, my nizzle. I work me the price on the middle, the middle. I keep me a bag on skittle, the skittle. Trying to get you a radical feeling. A real automatic, it came with no sin. Automatic. All this trapping, it got you offended. I'm trapping a 360 in a minute. Then I press on the gas. What's up, everybody? It is the Fast and Below Average podcast. I'm your one of your hosts. My name's Kamish. Also on the line with me, I have my good buddy, Archie. How's it going, Archie? Good. We're back. Better than ever. We are back. Um, yeah, last episode was probably a little confusing because it was tech. It was like I labeled it as from the vault, but it we don't wasn't have a really vault. that far. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have a vault. It's just There's maybe like two or three other episodes that we just either did get around, around to uploading or, you know, we're not that technically savvy. So it's not like we really know. I mean, we hit record and then we just kind of hope for the best for the next hour that it's yeah. being recorded so there's been a few times where we just talk for an hour and then we realize nothing happened so you can't blame it's us for not though. wanting to go back and do it again well so i wanted to make a few comments first of all so we don't listen to the intro uh when we record we record and i put in the intro and post but so we changed the song this week and you might be wondering like why did you do that and my whole thing with it is it's kind of like when you have your alarm set to a song, even if you love that song, you're eventually going to hate it. And I think that's how it could kind of be with the podcast intro. So I wanted to switch it up uh, because that song to you by Justin Bieber, which we used to have is fire and it's summertime and I don't want that to die away. And so like my perfect example is at the Academy. I said, I had the song Perth by Bonnie Bear and I loved it. It was like, the that's best not a good wake up song. song. No, well, it's chill. Like, it gets you in the mood. Like, it gets you up, all that stuff. And then after three months, I couldn't stand that song. Even to this day, it still grates on my nerves. But also, like you were talking about, about being tech savvy, as I was kind of laughing, and I was like, you know, our jobs it at FNBA, like the stuff that we do, it was basically just claimed by whoever figured it out first. And so, like, I just did the producing first. And I was like, you know what? It's too hard to explain. <laughs> I'll just be the producer guy. And that's how yeah. you were with the website. You you like figured it out and you're like and now I'm just like, "Hey, can you change this?" and you just and do we, it. We each just have spurts of motivation. So, again, this is maybe a peek behind peek behind the curtain seeing how the sausage is made, but one week Kamish will be firing on all cylinders and he'll be throwing posts out every day, you know, very in, very into the uh, the process and trying to get everything out there. Maybe then the next week, I'm the one who's who has the motivation. Then it's the weeks where we both have the motivation that you know we're 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 guns blazing and we're, we you know we got new merch out, we got probably like four posts a day, three podcasts a week, and then just due to the nature of, of how it goes, some weeks neither of us have motivation, and that's when you're like, is FNBA still a thing? And then you know the next week rolls around, and we're both at it again. Those are the weeks where we don't even talk to each other about a podcast because usually it'll be one of us who's like, "Hey, you want to do the podcast?" Like, "Yeah, let's do it." And yeah. when we just when we just kind of both agree, and especially what'll happen is is because we try to do them on Sundays, and then I'll get them up by Monday or Tuesday depending on how late we can do it and how much production needs to go into it, and then sometimes Thursday will roll around and I'll just think, "Okay, we're not doing it this week," and I think it's a mutual yeah. thing. Yeah. So. 
but while we're on the topic of uh, of songs that you had as as alarms, I remember the song that I had at the alarm for the as my alarm at the academy for a while was "Ants Marching" by Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, you know how that starts. Yeah, it's like the he horns. wakes up in the morning. It kind of like goes yeah. through what you should be doing. It's like, oh, it's a great alarm to start the day, but it's a good song, like you said. So I had to, I had to cut it off right when it started to bother me. The best thing you could probably do is pick something either super obscure that you would never hear in public, or something that you hate. Like, welcome just to do the most perfect because I already hate it. <laughs> yeah, I think you just do the one alarm that everybody hates on their iPhone anyway, which is like the nuclear warning thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Everybody hates that to begin with, so just use it, and you're going to start your day off on a terrible note, but it can only get better from there. Yeah. You know what's funny, though, about your phone? Remember how in high school you would be really excited whenever your phone would ring? Cause, and maybe it's different because of technology. Kids use their phones more, but I used to be so excited when my phone would light up, and ever since basically school started, it's just sheer dread every time. <laughs> it's like... What do you want every time? Um, and then I'll be like, oh, it's my mom calling. She'll be like, hey, did you get my care package? I'm like, no, I got a yellow slip. I'll pick it up in three weeks. Um, okay, so we have a we have like a pretty big episode today considering that there's really not a whole lot going on at the Academy. Other than the fact that this is the week when the duel is in process. Um, and so in the Does news that not right happened now. happened yet? No, it's uh, I, the 20... Actually, it's usually on a Thursday, right? That sounds right, but I just keep seeing... Maybe I just keep seeing, like, Throwback Thursdays posted by Air Force accounts. Because I swear I've yeah. seen iDay, like, six times in the past week. Yeah, it gets really confusing when everybody posts it, especially the calm and the soup. Um, so... But a lot of the things that we wanted to talk about, there was some stuff in the news. I want to do kind of a contrails thing, because... I was watching, and I'll talk about it in a little bit, but I was watching this Alien documentary, and it led me to looking up Hoyt Vandenberg's bio, and that guy is super interesting, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we have a Navy story, and then the first thing you wanted to do was talk a little bit of football, right? Well, it's sports in general. Yeah, um, maybe there's, we, we were tweeting about it earlier, so there was some possible new division or new conference mix-up, if you want to kind of get into the details on that. Yeah, so UConn has left the American Athletic Conference, um, and I guess that that entire thing... First of all, I'm not a conference guy. Let me step this back. There's people who get super into the weeds about conferences and what they mean and the politics behind them. I've never been that guy. I mean, to me, it's like you have the Power Five, and then everything else is just kind of below it. But people really, really get deep on it, and they talk about what it means for UConn to go back to the Big East. And basically what they're saying is, is that UConn is giving up on their football program, I guess shifting more to basketball. I don't I don't really know, but what it's doing is leaving a hole open. And somebody out of New York said that the number one highest candidate would be Air Force to go to the AAC. And first of all, like, let's just get it out there. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But I kind of made a list of pros and cons because – and the other thing is you got to understand where I'm coming from, at least. I mean, we're both East Coast guys, but, like, that's definitely where my heart is on my thoughts on this issue. And it's a really, really interesting thought. So, um, 
basically the pros. So if we went to the AAC, let me and let me try and like lay it out a little bit, is that it would be football only. So that's going to go more into the cons list, but it would go football only, and we would leave. Most likely, the Mountain West would say, okay, if you guys aren't going to have your football program with us, all your other sports need to get out too. Which means that they would every other sport at the academy would either have to find a new conference or they would have to compete as independents. And the other sports that are in the Mountain West, uh, so lacrosse, hockey, um, I think there's a couple others are not in the Mountain West. So that's not a big deal for them. But then we still have baseball, tennis, um, oh, track and field. Teams basketball i believe yeah we have volleyball i think gymnastics do they i know i think gymnastics gymnastics. is are they i thought they were more western athletics i don't know because i know that gymnastics operates on kind of a weird different thing with when it comes to collegiate gymnastics i'm sure Um, swimming is and then i was going to say and i believe swimming too and so that's that's a tough sell, especially for especially for basketball. I, that would not be good for our basketball program. And then wrestling, oh, wrestling's another one that's uh, I think they're Big Twelve, so we're um, so we wouldn't have to worry about that. So, but that's a huge issue for those sports. And we could see, especially like if you look at some of those teams, like women's tennis just had. Oh, and then uh, soccer is also in the whack, so we don't have to worry about that as much. Um, but we've seen huge success from the women's tennis program and coach Kim Gidley has done so much to grow that team. And that would be, I think a devastating blow for them to have to go independent. Uh, but I mean, conversely, it could be a good thing. You know, if, if one of these teams really either got into a conference or was able to compete as an independent, I mean, the sky's the limit really, but there's just a lot of unknown that would come out of that. But let's talk about some of the pros. So some of the pros is that there are arguably better bowl games if you play in the um, in the AAC. So they have, so I was looking at it, and the American Athletic Bowls, they have the Birmingham Bowl, which is against the SEC. Uh, they have the Hawaii Bowl, which is either against BYU, which is independent, that I think has attachments to the Mountain West, and or the Mountain West. Uh, and then the Military Bowl would be against the ACC, and then the Frisco Bowl is an at-large. So we could get a team from any conference in there. Whereas right now with the Mountain West, the, we have the Las Vegas, which is against a Pac-12 team. And then everything else is kind of blah. I mean, the Armed Forces Bowl can be against the Big Ten team as, as well. Um, but they're just not as good. And we always get really bad time slots for those bowl games as well. Another thing is there's a better TV deal. Um, so the AAC has a contract, I believe, for the next two years. And they just extended it or they're looking to extend with ESPN, so they're going to get their games on ESPN and ESPN2, which means better time slots. So we're not going to be having to play games at with 9 o'clock kickoffs on the Mountain West Network or networks that people only have regionally. And then I think that there's also, and this is something that hasn't really been mentioned, but this is just talking about actually growing Air Force athletics. Um, we also have, I think, a bigger fan base just regionally on the East Coast. So... When we go to play teams um, on the East Coast, you have – and this would also come from the, the Navy rivalry would mean a lot more. So you have, like, the Pentagon and Langley and all those kinds of people who are Air Force bases there. Uh, we play USF and UCF, so you have McDill, Patrick, um, as well as, as people on the Panhandle. Um, and then we have a lot of Northeastern teams as well that we'd be playing against. So I think that's a huge thing that people don't, that people don't really talk about. And then SMU is also in the conference. So 
Um, you have those kinds of Dallas fan base people out at Shepard and, and wherever else down there. Um, this is kind of up in the air in terms of a pro. It could be argued, I think there's better competition with UCF and USF. Um, and, and, I mean, SMU, they have their history, but they're kind of a, a little bit of a powerhouse. Um, and then, of course, though, you still have in the Mountain West, it's hard to argue with Boise State's, like, as being like a perennial powerhouse in terms of the talent that they get. And then of course, there's always a few big names that are on either UNLV or SDSU um, or teams like that. And then I think another good thing for Air Force, thin air would probably be more of a factor because you're not playing teams like, um, you know, Wyoming, Boise State, Colorado State, who are all used to the altitude. So we'd be having teams travel up to us from Florida. And conversely, we'd be traveling out to the East Coast. And then also, yeah, like I said, it just adds an element to the Navy rivalry. So those, to me, all sound like good things. Um, but the cons, once again, it's football only. Uh, number two, travel distances. That's a lot of traveling for our team to get used to that, to go out and play a, a tough road game against UCF or USF. And then there is the question, like I said, what if the regionality thing doesn't just doesn't work? And none of these teams yeah. care about us, and we aren't a big draw because we're just seen as that weird team out in Colorado. And I think that's the biggest. So if I'm looking at the two, first off, I think the biggest thing of the reason we stay in the Mountain West, and the reason everybody, the reason we've been in the Mountain West, and the reason people probably want us to stay there is because of the location and the teams that we're associated with. I mean, Boise State, Colorado State, Nevada, New Mexico, UNLV, Utah State, and Wyoming. You could like draw. I don't know how much of a a mile radius that would be but it's way more compact than it would be if we start working over to the east coast and i think it's all all those teams are very similar in the way that they uh kind of function and the way their programs are where they're not you know alabama and they're not georgia but they're also not you know scrub teams that don't have any money and don't have good players any one of those teams could you know pop into the top 25 randomly for a year or two you know what i mean with that see now that is kind of where i disagree and i don't really have a basis for this but this is just my personal thoughts until i went to the air force academy i couldn't have cared less about wyoming or nevada or new mexico or any of those teams like i, I just didn't think really think much of them and even if they do sneak into the top 25 it's just still not impressive so i think that that is a thing and somebody also said oh uh, you know, the Mountain West heritage. We've been in there for a long time. And like I said, I just think that that draw, if you, I mean, if you're Air Force and we're talking about teams that come out and visit, how many people really do come down from Wyoming? You see that small section in the stadium, but I don't think it's a huge draw. And whereas when we play UCF, who is a team who has dubbed themselves national champions, that's a whole different discussion. I think people would come out to see that. Or when USF constantly has players who are going to the NFL and you have prospects, I think people from the Springs who aren't necessarily huge Mountain West fans are going to come out. I don't know. I, I think the thing is, I just don't know what a typical Mountain West fan is. I don't think, just based on what I've seen from like tailgates and traveling, I don't think they spend a lot of money. I don't think they really travel that well. I think football to them is just kind of like a nicety. I don't think they're as passionate about about it as as fans from like SMU and even USF and I, UCF and I, schools I, like that. I get that, but I kind of feel like you're also speaking from a place as if UCF and USF are these established powerhouse football teams, which they're not. I mean, nobody nobody oh, cared about them yeah, until not. two or three years ago. 
and nobody might care about them yeah. in two to three years. You know, they're kind of like the hot commodity right now in these smaller schools that, you know, put up 10, 11, 12 win seasons, but they, they have no establishment. So for all we know, we join the AAC and then five years from now, all the teams are terrible. And then it's like, what's the point there? when? <laughs> Maybe, but you want to talk about like the common sense recruiting and the kind of player that goes to those schools versus our schools. Florida is obviously a recruiting hotbed. You have a lot of players who come from the Miami-Dade area who are fantastic, um, who might not get looks from like Miami or who might not get looks from the SEC schools or Florida State, uh, who say, okay, I'm going to go to UCF or USF. I think that they're probably better than your common top player top recruit out of wyoming i mean that's just my thoughts on it so as much as you're right it that is a possibility i do think that um i think that those teams in the aac have much more staying power than some of these players because and i and i think it'd be interesting actually to look at the 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 idaho the boise state roster rather because i get the feeling that they bring in a lot of power players from the pacific northwest who may not get into play at like a Pac-10 team or um, maybe players from California. That did, kind you, of thing. And sorry, so, no, did you, no, did you take a look at, cause the, the closest comparison we have is Navy in terms of what they're doing. So I know the vast majority of their teams play in the Patriot league, if I'm not mistaken, outside of the football team, which is very Northeast centric. Um, is it the Patriot league? Can you back me up on that? So yeah, that, that wouldn't be an option yep. really for us in terms of our external teams. But the nice thing about a, a league like the Patriot League is it includes sports that a lot of leagues don't. You know, it has baseball, it has lacrosse, it has basketball, it has all those leagues kind of built, or all those sports kind of built into it. Um, so it'd just be interesting to see kind of what how they handle having their football team outside of the main league that they kind of play in and then how that, how that deals with, you know, funding and all that other stuff. Yeah, well, and like I said, too, is that what could happen is there's the potential. It's a it's a really big risk-reward situation, in my opinion, when it comes to the other sports. It's kind of a sink or swim. If they go, like I said, if they go independent, it's going to depend on how aggressive the coaches are in terms of play and recruiting and that kind of thing. If the tennis team can set their schedule and play regional powerhouses, they could get games against... Uh, you know, CU, they could still play CSU, they could play um, all the all the Utah teams still play, they could still have a huge schedule in the Mountain West and it depends, and the same thing goes for the other sports like, I think baseball, like I said basketball is the biggest team that that is a tough, tough sell that would really, really hurt the, the basketball team if the Mountain West weren't able to keep them so, but at the same time there's still the potential if we were to go to the AAC, the basketball could stay yeah. in so if they did stay in, then that problem is kind of solved. But I think that there is a lot of opportunity. Um, I also think that if this were something that we would want to pursue, um, there's no person that I would rather have right now than Nathan Pine. And so I think he's a very smart person, and I think that if he if he wants to do it, he will absolutely do it. And I think that it, it's a chance for a lot of success. Um, I do think that a lot of the a lot of the folks who stay who are more interested in, or I guess the people who have been there for a really long time, like for example, coach Calhoun um, and people, I think he would probably be against it. I think he's very happy with the status quo. Um, 
but it's really an interesting prospect, and I think that for longevity, it could be something that's good. But at the same time, running the tables in the Mountain West isn't so yeah, bad. We, we've talked about um, mixing it up, think, so maybe you know, who knows? Maybe this is a, a way to do it. Yeah. Well, another thing I was looking at, and they were talking about Army potentially joining as well, and that to me, if Army joined, that would be almost a worst case scenario for Air Force because it would leave us in the dust in terms of the yeah. rivalry in my opinion, because then they would be all conferenced up. And and I think that there's also there's also another problem that's kind of looming on the surface that I want to talk about that's not really in terms of conference, but just the way that we schedule games and the way that we think about our football team. So someone had said that, I think it was Dan Woken actually, who I normally have, I don't think I've ever given props to in my entire life, but he's a USA Today column or sports writer. And he wrote a column talking about how Army has a poor strength of schedule and that helps them out. And so that's why they wouldn't leave the Patriot League for the, a- for the AAC because, yeah, well. They played four community colleges last year. Well, so the crazy thing is Army has a tougher strength of schedule than we do. And no one's really talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk yes. about that. And so, and they have. And I think the last time we had a better strength of schedule, we were only ranked one ahead of Army. And where is that coming from? It's not coming from a Mountain West matchups. It's coming from the fact that on the, on the years where we don't play marquee opponents, where we don't play someone from a Power 5 conference, we still have that FCS game at the beginning of the season that completely drops down our strength of schedule. So I think that makes it tough as well. And so this is where I said... We need to, I think it would be awesome if we could have just an overhaul and rethink the way that we do it. Instead of having that first week's game against a cupcake team, some like a poor team like VMI or Stony Brook or something, if we could get that game on TV and start the season off strong and really rally from the very start instead of just blowing out weaker opponents, I think that could really kind of set the tone for everything that we have going on. Because already, if you look at our schedule, let me go to it because I don't have it pulled up. Um, but we we open up this season against I think it's either a Miac or a Swack team. Uh, yeah, we or no, I'm sorry, that was I think that's next year. We play Colgate first, and then Classic. We have a week off, and then we go straight into CU, and then right after that we have Boise State, and then we have kind of a weaker opponent in San Jose State, and then it's Navy. I think this schedule like that just puts you on your heels. Because we're going to go in, yep. blow out Colgate, not learn a single thing, potentially get beaten by Colorado. If we beat them, then that can be... Yeah, CU's ultimately a lose-lose. Yeah. I mean, it's that's you might as well shoot for the moon, play Oklahoma or Ohio State or something. And if you keep it close, great. If you get blown out, that's what people expect. If you pull out a win, awesome. But playing CU, I understand it's kind of like this little in-state semi-rivalry that never happens, but that's like their big risk this year is playing CU, and it's not a risk. Yeah, and so we basically have, by the time we get to Navy, we don't even know what our team looks like. And then right after that, we have to go into a tough game with Fresno State, and then we play um, in Hawaii at Hawaii, so everybody's going to get off their battle rhythm on that, and then we have to go against the hard-hitting Utah State team, and then we have Army the first weekend of November. And then the rest of our season is the classic New Mexico, Colorado State, Wyoming. So I just don't like this schedule. So that's another thing that I think we could potentially get out of and break the mold on our scheduling. So huh. I'm for it. I'm, I am for the impossible situation of us going to the AAC. 
I don't think in a million years it happens, but I, I'm going to say that I'm for it at the end of the day. I think it would take a ton of work. I think it would take a ton of coordination and it's going to be, and we're putting a lot of teams into a sink or swim situation, but I think it would be something that could potentially be awesome for us. And why not put all of our chips yeah. in? Like I said, I'm tired of the, Oh, let's just make a bowl game and it's a successful season. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, the biggest pitfall is going to be, like you said, the the lower tier teams, even even the teams outside of football that get a fair amount of money, they're going to be, you know, some of them are going to be playing as independents for a, a few years as they try and find a conference. That could kind of kill some recruiting issues and then, or could hurt the recruiting, and then hopefully they can find a home uh, pretty quickly. But if it's done, it just needs to be done right, and it has there has to be a game plan for, for everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I did a lot of talking there, so I will let you talk about the other news on the Air Force graduates' baseball front. Um, I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> All right, so Air Force graduate, six foot seven, <laughs> right-handed pitcher Jake Gilbert agrees to a deal with the Cincinnati Reds. So he was obviously not drafted. Um, he thought he was going to be maybe picked up in kind of a late round draft, but he got a call. Um, from the Cincinnati Reds and within a few hours they had a deal and he was going to Phoenix for their training uh, to, or I guess to one of their facilities to take a physical and find out where he was going to go from there and so um, obviously this comes on the heels of Nick Reddy being drafted in the 23rd round by the Marlins and um, I mean he's good he's a huge dude six foot seven he's throwing he was throwing uh, 88 miles per hour uh, topping out in 2018 and uh, I guess when he was working with a private trainer, he was hitting 92, 93, and topping out at 96. So that's that's a huge thing. Um, not just just based on his stats, um, he would walk 8.62 batters per nine innings uh, as a freshman sophomore. But then he got that way down to 4.7. So we see that kind of upward curve um, or that upward trend. And I guess that that's something that they really looked into. But he's you know. Worked really hard, um, and that's an awesome thing. He is going to pilot training, um, so I don't exactly know what he's going to be doing. He says he's going to be playing under the under W caps, so maybe he'll do. I think that's a two year gig, and so he'll play for them, um, and then after that, I guess he'll maybe go to pilot training after that, depending on. Yeah, I wonder if. I wonder if uh, I mean this is always the the question is always how is this going to work you know how <laughs> how's the Air Force going to respond how's how are they going to make it work with their follow on job and all that good stuff but I do wonder I mean we see like Ben Yokely still playing right he's still playing in the minors I believe he is if he is still he's I don't think it's under W cap because I think I really do think that's only a two year gig yeah but I wonder if teams see like you know kids like Ben Yokely getting drafted and then having some success in the minors and, and actually giving more thought to it. But who knows? I mean, any, any news like this is obviously good news. The more, uh, more opportunities that the, the athletes can get, the better. And hopefully, like we talked about in nauseam recently, um, we can come up with a more finite answer and process to get people to be able to play sports and, and stuff like that while still serving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I just kind of have a, a little bit of a problem with WCAP as it stands. Not for the baseball players and not for the players who are allowed to do it, but just on the fact that it limits athletes because 
the point of the program, so it was started by General Fogelman, I believe, back in, way back in the day. And the idea was that it helped out for recruiting and it got players to play, hopefully, on Olympic teams. And we used to have a lot of players who actually, a lot of athletes who made it into the Olympics. Um, but now, since we allow pro athletes to go play, I mean, let's just be real about it. I don't think any of our players are going to are going to make it onto the Olympic teams. And if you look at the history, I think our last out of the entire WCAP program over army, air force, Navy, and, and all that, I believe all we've had is like an alternate on a bobsled team. And that's not a joke. Like I'm pretty sure that's, that's all we've really had for the last few years. So it's a good program, but I think it's veiled. I think it's veiled that, okay, we're going to let these players go in and they're going to be training for the Olympics. But in doing that and not allowing athletes from other, other sports to go out and kind of get the point of the program, that's recruiting visibility and allowing our airmen to, you know, get kind of some, some different world experience so they can go back and actually serve. I think it's kind of a tough sell, and I think it needs an overhaul. But, yeah, like you said, we've, we've talked about it a lot, really. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, well, cool. Yeah, what do you want to do next? Let's do an audio meme. Okay. We'll uh, completely flip the conversation from serious stuff to, I mean, maybe it's serious. Depends on who you are. It's serious to us, but uh, we haven't done audio memes in a while. It's basically where we explain a meme that we recently posted. So for this one, um, I don't know if I can try. I'm going to try and play the audio over the microphone. It might sound terrible, but we'll just see how it goes. All right. Cool no more Am I not popular no more than so on top of that, I, I didn't get invited to only twenty away thing. Am I like not cool no more to them? Am I not popular no more to them? So on top of that, I, I didn't get invited to only twenty away thing. Alright, so hearing basically what the guy was saying there and the caption says something along the lines of uh, the upperclassmen who spent way too much time talking to dualies, then after they're recognized and they don't have to like him anymore, that's how he's reacting. So <laughs> It's a very wordy meme, but the whole point behind it is we all knew the guy when we were freshmen that was an upperclassman, and, you know, we're, we're stereotyping here, and we're, we're kind of uh, generalizing, but he was the kind of guy who kind of took advantage of the fact that freshmen didn't really have a choice in listening to him talk, and didn't have a choice in... It's kind of like that classic thing where your commander makes a joke and whether it's funny or not, you start laughing because you don't really want to be on their bad side. So we all knew the guy that kind of took advantage of the fact that the freshmen um, were, you know, trying to not get in trouble by the upperclassmen. And so they would just kind of go along with it. And now this upperclassman thinks that all the freshmen like him and they think he's a really cool guy. And then all of a sudden recognition happens and they realize, you know, they're not at his mercy anymore. And then they don't want to hang out with him. And they don't want to talk to him anymore. And when he's strolling through the squadron on a Friday night and nobody's there, he's upset. And they, he thinks that he's not cool no more to them. So that's the explanation. There were some questions about what was going on with this. So now we have it out there. Kamish, what are your takes on that? Did you see anybody like that in your squadron? <laughs> All right. Let's be completely honest. You made it and got your feelings hurt because somebody said it doesn't make sense. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no it is it did quite well okay okay um yes that is true it was a good it was a good post i liked it um 
Yeah, I mean that's don't pander. I'm not pandering. No, I liked it. It was you're pandering. It was good. That's okay. That's why you're mad. Um, what I have to say is probably the guy who didn't like it and said this doesn't make sense. Uh, it's one of those things where that's because he was that guy. Either that, or the upperclassmen didn't see him as somebody he thought was cool, so the, no upperclassmen talked to him. So that's my defense for you. Thanks for having my back. Yeah. Um. Yes. Let me let me try and think. There was definitely the kids who, I would say some of the upperclassmen who, they were being, see how I feel bad too, because it's like, this is definitely making, I, and we, the one thing we never do is we make fun of generalities, we don't make fun of specific people, and so, uh, there's just the guy who's like, overly like, hey man, you want to borrow my car this weekend? Like, yeah, like, yeah, (laughs) dude, just take it, like, yeah, use all my gas, here, I put 20 bucks in the cup holder, you could just like, take that, buy Chipotle, whatever. And all that stuff. So yes, and then I do. Feel it's bad. it's the guy that would, yeah, it's the guy that would come come around to the rooms, and you're not asking for advice on anything at the academy, and he's giving you advice on how to do your military drawer, how to pass physics, how to, you know, what to do over sixty days, and it's just like I, I don't want to be talking to you right now, but I feel like I don't have a choice. I think the other thing is, is that the reason why I'm having a tough time with it is because I think that the person who does that is coming from a good place. I don't think they're trying to be like, like, I think they're just trying to be nice. <laughs> so that's what I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? It made for a funny meme in my mind. So that's what we're yeah, going with. It was good. I liked it. Uh, okay. So I want to talk about something that I did this weekend. So Joe Rogan sat down with this guy and actually i don't even remember his name now <coughs> he uh he did an interview and it was about aliens and this guy so what's his name where is it where is it where is it where is it bob lazar so this guy bob lazar claims that he worked on a government project where basically he went into he worked with los alamos laboratory and he claimed that in there they had like nine different alien aircraft and he was brought in to analyze the propulsion systems. And I guess he was saying that it's this kind of technology that humans, like it's not possible for us to actually have because it's something about antimatter in it and that it was this whole secret thing and whatever else. And he was, and he's come out and said it over the last 30 years. And so people have been quick to criticize him because he claims that he went to MIT and Caltech and that he has a PhD. It's either a PhD or a master's, but there's no record of him having either. And so pretty sketchy. And then they ask him what years he graduated from Caltech and MIT, and he says he cannot remember. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. But then the guy also did had something happen where he got into a – prostitution ring and something with money laundering about it and i guess that he went to court and was questioned and basically him i don't remember the exact scenario but him lying about that if he basically said that he wasn't lying he would have been or that he was lying he would have been exonerated and it's like he wouldn't have gotten in trouble but the fact but he kept lying about it and kept well he stuck to his guns and said yes i did go to mit and caltech and all this other stuff so I don't think he ended up doing jail time over it, but um, still a crazy story. To this day, he maintains that all this is the truth. Uh, but the bottom line is that all that they have on record is that he took a few classes at a junior college and dropped out. And it's just kind of a crazy story. 
And so I guess all the people, and, and they did say that he worked as a technician at the Los Alamos labs. I don't know exactly what he did. And everybody has kind of denied it. And it's this crazy thing. But anyway, so he claims that he had something, he was a part of something called the Majestic 12. And he said that that was his security clearance given to him, is that it was the Majestic 12 security clearance. So I looked up what that was. And apparently it's not a real thing. It's something that a lot of these alien, like, kind of conspiracy guys say that exists. But one of the people on the list was Hoyt Vandenberg. And so I was like, this, you could tell that I was just like really all in on this. And so I looked up Hoyt Vandenberg's bio, the guy who Vandy Hall and Vandenberg Air Force Base is named after. And his bio is something else. So he graduated from, from West Point, obviously because the Air Force Academy wasn't a thing, a thing. And he graduated in 1923 and he went through flight training and then he flew a bunch of aircraft, and he made it all the way up to three-star general of the ar- in the Army. And then when the Air Force was started, he was bumped down to a lieutenant colonel. And then within two years, he made it up to four-star. And what's crazy about this guy is, like, in his life, it just shows how Air Force folks and pilots and stuff used to be absolute rock stars. So Marilyn Monroe once said about uh, Hoyt Vandenberg that she that he would be one of the three people she wants to be, uh, I guess, stranded on a desert island with. And so I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then here's what it said about later in life. So later in life, he was a scratch golfer, and he spent much of his time on golf courses. He was also a lover of movies, westerns, and scotch. And then, unfortunately, he passed away. And then his son ended up being one of the commandants of the Air Force Academy. He also went to West Point. But I was like, that is crazy, just learning those little tidbits about our history. And I guess he was a part, because you remember there was a lot of controversy over whether or not there should be an actual Air Force. And I can't remember exactly who it was. I want to say it was like Hap Arnold or someone um, who created a lot of enemies at the Pentagon because he wanted to start the Air Force. And someone got like, like UCMJ and basically like, sent away because of it so yeah just kind of a crazy story and i guess he was also a stunt pilot in a movie called wings back in the day too so might have to check that out yeah if, so who's the who's gonna be the uh vandenberg of the space force you know it could be any of you out there. i know but i was just like man that is so cool so uh but also in case you're wondering back to the whole joe rogan and bob whatever bob vance whatever his name was uh, Bob, Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go watch that, that's on Netflix too, and I highly recommend it. The guy is a lunatic, but it was it made for pretty good a pretty good few hours of me like poking around on the internet. Um. Okay. Next, we were going to do a behind enemy lines, right? Yeah, we were. All right. So this this article came out a while ago. Uh, I want to say it was like. Where is it? It came out in the U.S. Naval Institute blog, and it was written by second class, midshipman second class, Ezra Haddock. And the title of the article is, Want to bring the Naval Academy into the 21st century? (laughs) Get rid of parades. Uh, Hilarious. It's the best thing ever. And I can't believe that this was not only uh, posted and published in the U.S. Naval Institute blog, but it also made it to military.com, and then I'm sure a bunch of blogs from there. And basically what it is is an entire thing 
talking about why parades suck and how it takes away from homework, physical fitness. Uh, you turn your brain off and that it's just, oh my gosh, it's hilarious. And even the writing is so bad in it. It just seems like a complete brain dump. Like, listen to this sentence. The, the Houston official website boasts that parades have, quote, been a part of Naval Academy training since its establishment in 1845. Okay. And? <laughs> <laughs> so great. And then all I was thinking so about, She's having a conversation with herself. Yeah, I don't know if this is a girl or a guy, but whatever it is. I, uh, I was laughing, too, because I'm just like, this is literally like a little kid trying to write something about why they should be able to have candy for dinner every night or like why I think we should have McDonald's for every single meal. Um, but the whole thing, it's just like, they, they even bring up the, the back in my day, I had to do it. So should they, it's so, it's just so funny because it's just taking those everyday gripes about, well, why do we have to do this? Because it's stupid. I don't understand. And they actually published it. So I just, well, you know, yeah, go ahead. You know that mid that midshipman went into I don't know what the equivalent of their AOC is, but they went into their AOC's office and they're like, I have this amazing idea. Uh, it's going to increase productivity. It's going to cut time, cut waste. It's what innovation's all about. The military's all about innovating. And I was like, all right, what is it? And they say like, we're going to get rid of parades. And you know, just to entertain the midshipman, uh, the AOC or whatever the naval AOC is was just like, um, okay, like, you know, write up, write up a plan, you know, give me some sort of backing here on why you think this should happen, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Just completely appeasing the person. And then they took it, they wrote up a real thing, and they just started submitting it anywhere that anyone would listen. Yeah. I mean, don't get I me just, wrong. I... I'm, I, if I was at the Academy now, and they're like, hey, you're not doing parades anymore, I'd be pumped. Um, oh, hundred percent. But it's it's just one of those things where it's like, first off, yeah, we have parades haven't had any use for us since I don't know the Civil War. Yeah. So literally. it's like since the academies, uh, maybe not West Point, but especially since the Air Force Academy has been initiated, it's clearly just tradition. And there's a lot of things that you do at the academy that's strictly based off of tradition. And it's just something that you're going to have to accept. And, you know, there might be a, there might be a day 20 years from now where we don't do parades and that's fine, but it's just kind of funny the way that it was, the way that it was sought after was just like you said, it's just like a um, little kid trying to convince mom and dad why we should be able to eat ice cream before we have spaghetti. Yeah. Um, it's also, it's just so great because they even, like you said, bringing up the whole aspect of, well, what do we put in its place? They bring that up. They say, what do we put in its place? My answer, nothing. They should be able to catch up on school, working out, and sleep. <laughs> I was like, that is not the answer you're ever going to get. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I, I think I've said this. I've said this especially about like a weekend where, you know, you get to Sunday and you had a wild weekend. Maybe it's up in Denver. Maybe it's up in Boulder. And you're like, just get me back to my room. I hate this. I hate having like a, a, my head hurting and regretful decisions, but then time goes away and you're just like, you know, that was an awesome weekend or that wasn't that bad. And it's like, I think back to all the hours that I absolutely wasted on the parade field because we had mandatory parades on Mondays, not just 15 minute formations, like full on hour long parades. And 
I don't look back and say, oh, those were fun, but it's just like a part of the experience. It just is. And that's the way it goes. And it's just, it's so funny. And I don't know. I just love it. I, I think that they should do this more often. Just let kids have a gripe and give them a, a complete platform for it. Because can you imagine all the other stuff people would be complaining about? They'd be complaining about the Mitch's menus. <laughs> oh, well, what? Why do you guys take? Uh, why do you guys force us to pay for Mitch's? We should have a card swipe and then be able to spend the rest of our money however we want. And it's like some things, it's just the way it is, and it's just easier. Yeah. And I realize I'm now realizing I for sure sound like an old crusty grad saying. And it's only yeah, gonna get I, worse for you. Yeah. And me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then we're gonna be the guys because conversely, you have the grads who write articles, and they're just like my academy is dying because of this, <laughs> you know oh boy yeah it's good times it's always um, something. i don't know i do i do want to know how many times this this midshipman has passed out of parades i'm gonna set it at five <laughs> that they've fallen out and that's why they hate them that's not a bad uh hypothesis they're just so they're yeah. like this is the only way i can do it i've tried hydrating i don't lock my knees um I, there's nothing else i can do we just need to get rid of these things yeah there's also something funny about it. like i want to know what person at the u.s naval institute blog what person was like oh this is a really great take from somebody who's a midshipman who's like in yeah in it right yeah. now if this was somebody who's like you know 30 years removed i get it but i i really don't understand that, that aspect either so um yeah that's an awesome behind enemy lines and uh yeah it's a it's just a weird time of year i'm i'm trying to think we've gotten some good just like other kind of stuff that's going on we've gotten some awesome submissions from people who are on 60 days right now it's that time of year there was also another uh news story that came out about a current baseball player who's a sophomore i guess going into junior year because he was talking about his ops and uh he played baseball for the Macon bacon which is one of those like college summer teams. And it was it's floating around mostly Twitter. I'm sure it's on Facebook and stuff, but I of course I love it because they got some of the information just blatantly wrong. They said he's currently training to be a pilot in the Air Force. Like, oh, okay. As a <laughs> Okay, so so he did a uh, powered yeah. flight. Got it. Um not even yet because he's he's going to be a junior. So maybe he did soar. I don't know. Um but that's hilarious. And yeah, we've gotten some cool submissions from people who are all abroad what do we get where was where was the one we got of somebody on a mountain uh i don't know i couldn't even pronounce the name the name of that place nepal uh, we'll say kill uh, <clears throat> i was gonna say we'll say kilimanjaro but Everest. um and then yeah mount Everest. and then yeah it's just that time of the year where everybody's in summer hopefully everybody had a successful time moving hopefully everybody's enjoying 60 days and all that kind of stuff uh, one thing we haven't talked about is something that gets us through the summer, and that is Strike Force Energy. You guys have heard of it, heard of us talk about it. We've had some people ordering, um, people letting us know how awesome it is. It's fantastic. It's made by a, it's a veteran-owned company, and it's basically little energy packets. Comes in six milliliter packets. Comes in some delicious flavors like original, which is kind of like Red Bull, lemon, orange, grape. Um, and it gets you through the day, gets you the same energy that you would get from drinking an energy drink or coffee without any of the calories or any of the sugar. It's really great stuff. And if you go right now to strikeforceenergy.com and type in the promo code FNBA at checkout, you can get 20% off your entire order. Awesome deal. And uh, it's 
supports us as well. So my favorite flavor right now, like I said, I was big on the orange with tangerine LaCroix. I'm kind of back on original right now, but I also have them like differently. Like I'll have them chilling, but then I'll also in during the mornings, I'll just make a little bit with some regular water. I haven't, it down I haven't mixed any out. with anything other than water yet. So I feel like I'm missing out on concoctions that I could be enjoying. Yeah, I told you, um, take some grape and mix it in with some half and half. It's like a great milkshake. <laughs> I was thinking about like putting some lemon into a Corona this weekend. Ooh, that'd be Maybe really I'll try that next time. Yeah, and we've all already recommended uh, mixing in Strike Force Energy with Four Loco, um, but also don't hate us if you get alcohol poisoning. Yeah, so not our fault. Liable. Nope, not our fault. Yeah, and that's legally binding because we said so. Uh, so the other thing, and so we're kind of, we always do minutes, and we're going to go ahead and let you do that. Visit fastneatbelowaverage.com, spell average A-V-G. We have some great new t-shirts up there with our new logos, new and improved. Uh, and coming soon, we're going to have some really nice like vinyl decals for you know windshields, um, cadet trunks, laptops, whiteboards, anything you can think of. So keep an eye out for that. Foreheads foreheads um yeah are a perfect stencil for a tattoo if, if you get i'm calling it right now if you get a legitimate fnba tattoo of either the, the graduation drinking buddy or the logo we will give you a hundred dollars credit to the store if you if you get a tattoo i would say we'll do more if you get our logo tattooed or the the FNBA drinking buddy. What about even will... Army and Navy play for second? Yeah, or if you got Army and Navy play for second, I will say this more. And I'm gonna say this without you even talking about it. If I if I cut this next part and you just don't hear anything, <laughs> you know it's because Archie shut me down. But I'm gonna say if you are a graduate and you're not in the local area, we will fly you out to this year's tailgate. All right. Game. Yeah, I'm and down for that. It's not gonna be. It's not going to be first class. You got to be, uh, you got to be in the uh, Continental Forty Eight, though. Got to be, in the, yeah, Continental Forty Eight. Uh, not first class. You might have to ride in the cargo, or it might be space day. So if you're currently active duty, take about six weeks of leave, so we can make sure that we get you there and back. Um, and also, you can sleep in our Airbnb, but it's got to be in the garage, and you're allowed zero zero one three beers. Yep, yep. No, I'm down for that. That actually sounds like a great idea. Yeah, so we're shouting this out right now, the tattoo. The other thing that we forgot to mention on, like, all of our last episodes is please go into YouTube, or YouTube, go into iTunes and, uh, what is it, give us a five-star five rating and write a review. We don't really know why, but just please do it. Um, it'd be really helpful. We hear other and podcasts then, saying to do that, so it must be important. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead and do that if you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, other than that, that's all I got this week, and we'll talk to you guys next week see ya so yeah i can be a pilot at the air force academy i can be anything army and navy play for second that's a long big beautiful blue line you have some grit you have some perseverance i'll tell you what you can do it now all areas of life that's just the way you gotta compete welcome 
to thin air. I'm doing my thistle, my nizzle, my nizzle. I work me the price down the middle, the middle. I keep me a bag on skittle, the skittle. Trying to get you a radical feeling. A real automatic, it came with no ceiling. Automatic. All this trapping, it got you offended. I'm trapping a 360.